This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Uh, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning, Professor Wardscott here in the Manly Warthog Command Center here inside the Melon Law Studio with the Melon Law Hotline. Should you ever want to sideline, message me, 352-325-3938. And uh, we're in the piney woods of north central Florida with it raining again. But I apologize, I apologize, I apologize. I did not do the naked rain dance again. So it shouldn't be a very heavy rain and should be refreshing and continue to wash away the residual pollen, but uh, I didn't do the naked rain dance this time. And now, you know, the other, I can't, I apologize for the other deluge we had here. So uh, please uh, don't hold that against me. It's just uh, one of those things that happens. I, once it starts, by the way, I can't stop it. I mean, you know, um, I don't have a reverse naked rain dance. People ask me if I have that. I don't have that. Um, also, I want to uh, correct something right now. Uh, that I misspoke about, just misspoke. See, I'm using the political terms now. Uh, I'm never wrong, of course, but I could misspeak. Can you believe it, that I could misspeak even? And, uh, you know, a lot of these things that I, uh, I'm quoting from memory in these classical pieces of literature, some of which I haven't read recently, and Hamlet is one of them. I haven't read Hamlet in probably 10 years, but, you know, I, I know it pretty well. But I did miss speak when I said, because I went back and checked what I had said, and I said yesterday, and I will repeat this at the bottom of the hour and more people are maybe around and up and had coffee. I attributed um, um, a week's supposal of our worth to Horatio. And Horatio doesn't speak that line, although he does warn the guards that the reason he thinks that King Hamlet's ghost has appeared, the apparition, is to warn them about the oncoming battle with Fortinbras. And the king, of course, has killed his brother. Nobody knows it. And uh, at the king's coronation, the king has married his brother's wife, whom he always secretly coveted anyway. And a lot of people blame all this on her because um, a, a female is attracted to the wrong kind of men in this case, can't tell the difference uh, between the good and bad brother. And yet, you know, she's there to save the state, all that, very complicated. And um, uh, it is Claudius who says, uh, holds a weak supposal of our worth. And what he's doing is he's uh, getting ready to justify uh, being a very uh, combative and aggressive king. Uh, he would have been a dominator in the area had he not been uh, hamstrung by all these domestic problems and the intervention of uh, a divine intervention of the supernatural. Otherwise, no one would ever have known what he did. Um, the, the, Shakespeare is only exploring something that man has always been interested in. Of course, the Greeks were very interested in it. They had a polytheistic uh, system of spirituality. 
pagan society with gods and goddesses in nature um, and the gods and goddesses, of course, uh, warring back and forth with each other with Zeus and his wife and all that and man being a toy that they used. Um, but the point is that the Greeks were also very interested in the relationship of mortals to immortals and mortality to immortality. And all we're doing with Hamlet is exploring whether or not there is such a thing uh, as divine intervention uh, in, in man's earthly affairs. Um, it's always one of those great uh, mysteries that people explore and Hamlet's no different. But uh, on the earthly affairs, the reason Claudius never becomes the uh, tyrant he is on a larger scale is because he is bedraggled by domestic issues he has um, that he can't clean up. And, um, you know, I've likened that, as I say, to the position now of this country where um, if, if, if the Democrats had their way, there would just be one party. Uh, in many, many states, that's what you have. In this county, that's what you have. You have just one party, and that's a Democrat party. In Illinois, in the legislature, you have just one party. And the Democrats would like to have just one party, of course, nationally. Um, so these struggles are always going to go on in various forms and various levels. Uh, it's the internal nature of mankind, it seems. Um, I've read your Brandenburg Concerto. It is um, a fantastic kind of rendition of art and, and, and ugliness and humanity. We put up, I think we did, uh, uh, if, if, um, if um, production confirms this for me, I, I think we put up the picture of from Russia with love, did we not, my man? I, uh, I don't see him. But yes, we did put up. <laughs> I like putting that up because it is the press secretary for the single party uh, representatives here. At least they'd like to be. And here, of course, is our um, James Bond uh, uh, nemesis. And there, of course, is uh, perhaps our country's nemesis. I just I just find the similarities kind of humorous. And um uh, you can make of them what you want to. You can say, oh, you have bad taste, all that. I, I, I apologize. I apologize. I'm, I am guilty of all things I'm uh, accused of, I guess. I mean, that's the way um, my good buddy uh, Lee Pinkinson survived all those years. He just accepted uh, guilt for everything. So um, there you are. And we are in a struggle right now, um, perhaps, you know, widening and perhaps some more fearful each day and obviously very tragic and sad each day. So. Um, here locally, uh, we have a couple of things to bring you up on in the Nikki Freed Fried Frazzle. Um, maybe we can even have production, and I didn't cue him up to this, put up the, uh, <laughs> the Nikki Freed Fried Frazzle uh, marijuana leaf t-shirt, uh, because um, uh, now there is another uh, aspect of that story. Uh, you, uh, There she is. She has been... Um, the door has been knocked on to the no-tell motel room where she and this fellow who is now in hot water um, by the name of Bergman, Jake Bergman. Um, he was the fiance at, at that time of her, perhaps even before he was um, a divorce, D-I-V-O-R-C-E from another woman. And um, this is the tangled web that we have here with this uh, Secretary of Agriculture, who's never recused herself 
from the reefer madness industry. Uh, but now comes before the court, the United States District Court, Southern District of Florida, a complaint uh, by investors um, uh, about um, the behavior of that which they invested in, which um, was uh, contained, of course, uh, one, of the, one of the guys who was involved in this company was, of course, uh, Jake Bergman, who, you know, you got you know, I'm telling you here, it's all going to come out. And you're going to see uh, what, you, what you've got here with this freed, fried, frazzled woman. But um, the plaintiffs are uh, basically from Cyprus and the Virgin Islands. And they were the investors, near as we can tell right now at this stage, of, uh, of uh, money here uh, that was going to be used to hit the jackpot with this um, a medical marijuana business. And evidently what happened is the thing went south. And the, the interesting thing here is this Jake Bergman, uh, he made off uh, with money before uh, the investors ever got their money back. And he was one of the ones in whom they invested. Uh, these business deals happen. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I know of a situation like this very close to home where a guy comes through town with a big brainiac idea and he takes a bunch of money from people who trust and think the idea is cool. Next thing you know, the idea never comes to fruition and you can't find the guy. And he's made off with, in this case, I know uh, quite a bit of money. Well, well, in this case, maybe even Bergman, we don't know for sure yet, uh, something less than 10 million, but quite a bit of money. Um, she was, we understand it. She was actually, he was actually summoned at her residence. Um, but she's now, he's now her ex-fiance. So, uh, you know, um, once we began to unravel this tangled ball of yarn, uh, she scurried and... Uh, This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. If your brains were lard, you couldn't grease a small frying pan. <laughs> to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. Octon, octon, the papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Much schnell. At Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, 
Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. <laughs> Help me! Help! Help! Ken Cornell, known as the thin-skinned water boy, Ken Cornell, known as Minnie Mike, Ken Cornell, wears elevator shoes, Ken Cornell, he just wants to be like. the biggest mouth around she thought she was the smartest rep in heels well she started up a non-profit and somehow made money off it and got involved in quite some dirty deals she's in the jailhouse now she's in the jailhouse now that's not the way a charity runs. She won't be having fun. She's in the jailhouse now. I let you. Don't put me in the slammer I only did what all the others do I thought my donors were trickable But the judge said that's despicable And then away the key he threw She's in the jailhouse now She's in the jailhouse now they locked the cell on poor Corinne This one she'll never win She's in the jailhouse now I let you Waterboy and Cornell, known as Mini Mike and Cornell, wears elevator shoes and Cornell, he just wants to be like.
This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. If your brains were lard, you couldn't grease a small frying pan. <laughs> to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. Octon, octon, the papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Much now. At Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. We apologize for that. We've got a little storm going on here in North Central Florida, and we uh, lost our connections here for a moment. We're, I know exactly where I am with the steel trap memory I've got. I was talking about Nikki Free Fried Frazzle, so I'm going to pick right up there where we were, and I appreciate you hanging with us because uh, this is nothing we can control when the storms come through. We in the country are not on cable. We're on, we're on satellite, so um, uh, we're, we're subject to some kinds of things that happen that Hopefully, um, um, as time goes on, maybe uh, the real connectivity has always been an issue uh, in America. Uh, it's one of those Biden promises. He promises to get everybody hooked up. Well, anyways, I was speaking. I was speaking. I remember exactly where I was, my good, my good listeners and students, uh, when Nikki Free Fried Frazzle and the people who were investors in this offshore. Now, you can put two and two together if you're sophisticated. Um, Cyprus and Virgin Islands, that's kind of nefarious in itself, uh, are complaining that um, they've been taken. And of course, Jake Bergman, from what we can tell, made out before any of the investors got their money back. And uh, he was one of the uh, guys in, in the with a mysterious person named William Bo Wigley Jr., who is involved with the Wrigley chewing gum money. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff flying around here that uh, more here than meets the eye. So you've got um, uh, uh, the ex-fiance has been summoned for this, uh, and it's going to be a jury trial is going to be demanded. So there's going to be an awful lot come out. And don't be surprised if Nikki Free Fried Frazzle, uh, who is uh, her Jake Bergman ex-fiance, was summoned at her residence. Uh, she gets wound up even more in this. The other thing that's happened that is really um, driving the liberals nuts is, um, um, and you've seen a lot of propaganda about this, is the election reform bill 
here in the state of Florida is having heading to Governor Ron DeSantis' desk. And um, it's going to be the second election reform bill in two years that the legislature has passed. Um, this is coming off the Capitol News, and this is a hot item. Uh, so we'll cover it with you and talk a little bit about with you what it means and how we thought we, we think we're involved in getting this done. Uh, this is Bethany Blankley has written about this. Um, and so uh, there's a lot of people covering it, but I want to give credit where credit is due. Um, it's a section, second election bit reform bill in two years that the legislature has passed. And, um, it, you know, let me just go through some of the things for it. It requires the Secretary of State to notify the Attorney General if, secretary, if signature is required for an initiative petition are no longer valid. And it requires election supervisors to maintain their voter registration list every year. This is something we found out they're not doing. I mean, you know, these people get paid big money, six figures to go there and really, in many ways, sit on their hands. Uh, they don't check these voter registration rolls. Uh, you know, we caught these guys voting who shouldn't have been voting. Of course, the uh, state attorney doesn't know anything about it. Uh, you know, it's just the way it, it's just the way it works. That's why it's so difficult to get the truth out. And it's why DeSantis has resorted to uh, this type of measure. So you have to identify and confirm change of address information on these voter registration lists every year. It requires the State Department of State to identify deceased registered voters uh, using information received by specific agencies and take them off the voter rolls. I'm going to go through this because it's uh, a very, very interesting here. It institutes several reforms and requirements for individuals observing the ballot duplication process, uh, includes requiring them to sign a spe specified affidavit acknowledging certain criminal penalties, and it increases the fine that can be imposed on a third-party voter registration organization for failing to meet certain criteria, and that fine can go from $1,000 to $50,000. Now, uh, third-party voter registration organizations uh, one of the things that comes to mind, of course, is Zuckerbucks. Uh, it also increases the criminal penalty for ballot harvesting to a third degree felony and specifies that it's a level one offense. Now, one of the things that by doing this at the state level through the governor's office is, uh, you know, you won't as easily be able to water down these uh, felonies. Uh, we covered yesterday how a judge in Chicago just keeps watering the things down and the criminals keep getting uh, dumped back out onto the street uh, because, you know, we are now in a situation in this country where criminal justice doesn't mean criminal justice. It means social justice. And uh, so effective January 1st, 2024, uh, this bill also conforms the mailing and canvassing timeframes for ballots in an all-mail ballot election to those for vote-by-mail balloting in regular elections and applies a criminal penalty for early release of election results to canvassing conducted for all mail elections. So we're going to tighten up the mail-in ballots, and we're not going to allow those things. Now, this is just being done in the state of Florida, but you can look out your window or you can drive down your local highway, and you can see that tons of people are pouring into the state of Florida. Uh, I think we should have a drawbridge at the border and stop it right now, but of course, that's not going to happen. So there are going to be a lot of votes come out of the state. And this state is going to be leading the nation probably with election reform. There's a couple of others I'm going to talk about uh, later on in the show, perhaps Texas. So um, this uh, 
This bill also tightens security on areas where ballots can be dropped off, and it boosts uh, criminal penalties for fraudulently completing a ballot to a felony from a misdemeanor. Now, there you go. That's the one we found. Um, uh, we, we found uh, T.J. Pichet from the Supervisor Elections Office logged into the jail, and uh, when he left, there were all these guys that were late, you know, we, we found voting. So um, th that, that is no longer that type of thing. If that's the case, somebody doing that uh, doesn't have to go to the jail to do it. The jail was just a convenient place to do it uh, since they're all in a slammer there and all in one place. Um, you can, you know, another target for this kind of stuff, ballot harvesting, is to go to homes where people can vote, but they are uh, mentally challenged, if you will, say it the proper way politically, I guess. And they can be instructed on what to do quite easily. That's called ballot harvesting. So ballot harvesting is also where you go in the jail and you sign up a bunch of guys who can't, can't vote. And, and yet those guys obviously voted and not, you're not going to undo that vote. So, and it really makes a difference in local elections. Some of these local elections are a swing by just a few uh, hundred votes. And so, uh, you know, we're not just looking at the thing on terms of the national election because there are a lot of local things that are on at a ballot in the fall that will be swung by just a few votes. So uh, this thing is uh, going to tighten up on that. Um, so uh, this is all an attempt to uh, in, uh, create election integrity. Of course, the Democrats holler that it's voter suppression. And yet the, voter, the, the Democrats right here in this county are the ones who want to keep single member districts off the ballot. Uh, they, don't even, they don't even want you to be able to vote on it. And when I told the minister of propaganda that he was uh, engaged in uh, voter suppression, uh, he got angry about that. So um, this is going to have a elections, crimes and security office. It's going to have its own staff. Uh, it's going to be tasked with investigating allegations of voter beep and uh, initiating in independent inquiries and taking over the management of the state's voter beep hotline. Uh, so they would report directly to the governor, the Senate president, and the House speaker. And no other state has such an office as this. Um, uh, of course, the, the Democratic Party chairman says, oh, that's going to create a chilling effect on voting. And yet if you go out and even poll the minorities, they want more uh, accountability in voting too. They don't want their vote watered down by somebody who shouldn't be voting. Uh, it's not a race issue. It's an integrity issue. And that's why this is aptly called uh, an integrity issue. Um, it's uh, going to be the gold standard. Uh, and you, go, you, you watch. I mean, this is going to become, because Florida is such a populated state and has such an influence in the elections, both national and so many of the locals. And once the uh, governor signs it into law, it's going to be effective immediately, immediately. Okay. So that's been a long time coming. And um, it's well worth noting the effort that went into it uh, was uh, carefully and judiciously done. And it's uh, going to have, of course, the typical propaganda from the people who are using the minorities to pad their voting rolls. And that's not going to happen. And we're talking basically about the liberal whites who do that. Uh, that's, and they then, of course, turn around and do nothing for the minorities whom they took the advantage of. They don't have anything in return. If you take a look at East Gainesville, for example, locally, every politician with a mouth has gotten up there and said, 
I'm going to help you out. And there's no way they help them out. They don't help them out at all. They don't even run bus routes over there the way they should. So uh, meanwhile, they keep Corrine Brown's name uh, up on up on the RTS building, even though the advisory committee to the uh, Gainesville City Commission, the Regional Transit uh, uh, System Advisory Committee, has n not once but twice unanimously voted, as I understand, uh, to take down that name. And do you think how the, the boy named uh, Lauren can possibly make that happen? You know, you know, it, it's it's really you don't have to look very far to find abuses of democracy. Uh, you can take a look here in, in this city and find it all over the place. And that's a good example. Um, you know, you take down old Joe, but you, you, you leave up Corrine. I mean, oh, yeah, we're trying to, you know, Corrine, she wasn't bad. I mean, slavery made her do it. What? Well, yeah, you know, slavery made her do it. What? You know, that's what you hear. That's the kind of crap you hear. So we got Nikki Freed, Fried Frazzled. Um, she's going, her, her relationship with the reefer madness world is going to be probably exposed in somewhat detail here as this uh, Cypress and Virgin Island investors, uh, which on surface looks rather nefarious, um, complain that the Jake Bergman, her fiance et al. group uh, absconded with their money and they got no return. And, uh, I, you know, we'll see how it works out. It's um, a good, good. You can't get blood out of a turnip, as we say. So we'll see how it works out. Um, the, 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 the funny thing about the title today is that um, uh, we, we, uh, we um, call it censors censoring censors. Now, you know that from time to time we've been censored by uh, Facebook and YouTube. And it's because they'll always tell you, uh, you violated community standards, a vague community standard. We, I don't know what community they're talking about. Certainly not talking about ours. Uh, and, you know, it's set off by algorithms and certain words. And then you can appeal it and you may get a human being. You may not uh, with an independent judgment. I, you know, nobody ever believes that. But the, so, you know, so they've been censoring people. And then now Facebook uh, decided it would go censor Russia. You know, so Facebook decided that they would uh, pull out this, this social media giant would pull out of Russia. And of course, <laughs> Russia's announced plans to block Facebook and uh, said and they now said, well, you know, you're not coming back. Uh, good, good riddance. Uh, your social media platform discriminates against Russian media. Isn't that odd? Isn't that weird? Uh, here, the Facebook uh, supports the narrative of the, of the media. And in Russia, uh, they claim that uh, uh, Facebook doesn't support the, the narrative of the media. Um, I don't know. Dr. Strangelove becomes more true every single day that you live. I mean, it's just Catch-22 becomes very, very much the way it is. And, and here is something that, uh, and that's why we put up the image of uh, the two redheads here at the beginning of the show. Um, because, uh, of, of, you know, it's a cockaloony world. I mean, you can't, you, you, you know, we know that Biden's son is up to his ears and making money off Ukraine, yet you don't hear that story. That's nowhere out there. Nobody hears about it. So uh, a tech crunch is the one that's reporting this. And they say that just one week after placing restrictions on the social media giant Facebook, the Russian government has announced it will begin blocking the social network in the country completely. So the censor has censored the censor. 
And um, they have an internet regulatory agency and they counted 26 cases of discrimination against Russian media and information sources. So they censored Facebook. Um, um, this is, uh, they call Facebook, by the way, an extremist organization. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, from Russia with love is all I can say. Um, so, you know, in, in, in recent days, um, uh, there's, you know, TV channels and news agencies, and so they got an outfit called Sputnik, uh, which is, of course, the first satellite put in space. Uh, Russia Today, all these places. And the Russian agency uh, wrote that the, the restrictions are prohibited by a federal law they've got on measures to influence persons involved in violations of fundamental human rights and freedoms, the rights and freedoms of citizens of the Russian Federation. Uh, well, there you go. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, tech companies uh, uh, all over the world have been limiting Russia's ability to, to distribute state-approved news uh, and information about the invasion of Ukraine. If that strikes anyone as ironic, other than yours truly, uh, the, the <laughs> uh, you know, I guess you know you and I share some at least a sense of humor. I mean, it's 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 nuts. I mean. Um, censors, censoring censors. So uh, uh, Breitbart News recently reported that Google blocked the mobile apps of Russia Today and Sputnik from its Play Store. Um, and that move came shortly after Google's decision to remove the Russian state media from its news-related features. So you can't do, I haven't tried it, but I don't think you can do a search uh, for Russian news outlets on Google. I don't know. I guess I'll get around to trying it. Um, uh, so, um, um, they're, they're going after the, uh, Russian state media and, uh, you know, this is not lost on many people here who feel that our media is in, in cahoots with the state and what they say there gets, it gets approved. And if you disagree with the state media here, you don't get approved and all that business. So, uh, uh, this is, uh, this is, uh, going to be interesting to watch, um, um, but I just thought it was one of those things which reminds me of some of the work that was done uh, by some of the satirists of, uh, in the art world. Uh, Dr. Strangelove and Catch-22 come to mind. Um, we apologize for just getting on. We had some um, network problems here and I had to reboot, uh, get back on. We've got a storm moving through here. Uh, we in the country are not on a cable. We're on a uh, satellite dish. So occasionally there can be something that disrupts our signal that's bouncing down out of the heavens onto our individual satellite dishes. Um, go, go over to Cox Cable. Uh, same thing theoretically can happen there. They've got a huge dish which draws in the signals and backup systems. So um, um, one of the things we do have here on these computers, uh, we have a lot of upload speed, so we're able to transmit video and audio. Um, so I um, just wanted to give you uh, um, a... Uh, a sense of where we were there for a while when we went dark. Just checking on the um, conversation here to see if everybody is still hooked up and with me and has any concerns. Um, the um, uh, I think uh, production ran a few um, of our ditties while we were trying to get back online. Uh, so we're running a little bit behind where we would normally. And production, we already did we already do our sponsors? Um, Okay, 
Well, we already did our sponsors, so we're going to move along here and give you um, uh, just an update on COVID. The New York Times has, and this is, you know, this has been on my mind somewhat too. You know, here we have a war going on, uh, and it's a war. It's not a conflict. It's not in, in Gajmont. It's a war. And we've got some pictures of, of uh, uh, can we put those up now, um, um, production? Of the buildings, yeah. We're going to run some pictures. I have a, we have a fan of the show who is on duty uh, and has sent these pictures to me this morning. Um, and uh, this is the place before it was bombed that he was actually in. Okay. So this is the first time I've seen these pictures myself and I'm on a little bit of delay. Um, this is up near the Polish border. It's actually so I'm watching as they flip across my screen slightly behind you in time. I think we get some contrasting pictures here in a moment. This is a peaceful orderliness that uh, gets affected. Okay, we'll play it all. Yeah, we'll play all this for you. It's very dramatic and we're very fortunate to have a contact right inside um, the war zone. This is afterwards. This is after the Russians attacked it. Okay, you just give me a high Simon. Are you? Is this the video running? Okay, I, I think you saw those. Um, I'm a little bit behind you, so um, I'm talking to production there about what you're seeing. Uh, that's taken right from the combat zone. Uh, you saw the tranquility, the orderliness, the peacefulness, and uh, then you saw the chaos and the destruction. Um, this is the uh, battleground, and um, uh, we have a couple of correspondents, if you will, who keep in touch with us inside these combat zones. Uh, we have one correspondent that is embedded with the uh, trucker's convoy who communicates with me. We, we communicate over uh, secure message lines. Uh, we don't communicate over uh, the Facebook Messenger. We don't communicate over uh, any of that. We communicate over a secure system that's encrypted. So um, uh, these pictures that you see are coming over a secure encrypted uh, uh, communication system directly to yours truly. Um, this is uh, um, something that uh, we'll, from time to time, uh, have more of to share with you as these people actually in the, in the uh, boots on the ground, if you will, uh, 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 send back to, because they're both big fans of the show and they keep up with the show. And I communicate with them on a pretty regular basis over this secure system. So 
Uh, one of the things that's been on my mind, of course, is um, with all this chaos and all this havoc and all this travail, uh, where's COVID? And uh, the, 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 the New York Times has an article today that um, even as we seem to have a decline now in COVID in the United States, there is another Omicron version that's developing elsewhere. And Hong Kong has become the world's worst hotspot for this. And the reason it's taken root there, it's an, um, another version of Omicron, uh, is because of vaccine skepticism in Hong Kong. Uh, not very many people are vaccinated in, uh, 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 in Hong Kong. So uh, this new Omicron uh, version, according to the New York Times article, is beginning to flare up there. Um, uh, nearly 40% of Hong Kong's population is not vaccinated. And more than half of the people over 70 are vulnerable to severe COVID and they were unvaccinated. So um, the reason is for, I guess, a lot of the same reasons you see here. The Hong Kong residents don't trust the government uh, because uh, they're increasingly repressed by China. And so we got some battles going on on two fronts. And according to the people I talk to in intelligence and you know all that work that we we stay in touch with uh one of the things we're watching is of course taiwan and what the chinese aggression is to break off the mainland and go dominate off the mainland uh they're going to do a parallel uh battle with their neighbors the way russia is doing now in, in that case what will the united states do sit on its hands and allow them to do it we're going to get into a history of that if we have time given the fact we had a break here but um uh, in Hong Kong, because of the threat of the Chinese, uh, the residents don't trust the government. And they're also dubious of Western medicine. And they've also been influenced by a whole lot of misinformation about the side effects of the vaccine. Um, they've even been told that the vaccine will kill them. I've been told uh, that uh, uh, by um, a, 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 a no-vaxxer um, that uh, oh, a couple, three years from now, I guess now it'd be two. Uh, my whole immune system will collapse and, and I'll die whatever from whatever amoeba, whatever is out there waiting to chew on me. Um, this is in the head of a otherwise bright person. And um, so I don't know, I, I, you know, I guess time will tell. Um, but certainly uh, that's the case evidently for Omicron 2, as they're calling it, uh, getting, uh, uh, getting uh, a rise in this because um, um, until recently, they've been able to keep the virus out. Um, uh, but um, the, the, uh, the Omicron virus now is very contagious. And um, also the Chinese-made vaccine is much less effective uh, than the vaccines designed in the U.S. and Europe by Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, and AstraZeneca. Um, the Pfizer vaccine is available in Hong Kong, according to New York Times, but the residents are afraid of its side effects. Um, so the death rate in Hong Kong right now has soared. It's surpassed uh, 25 per 100,000 residents in the past week, uh, which is still not as high as New York's death peak rate, but uh, it probably will be before long. Uh, Hong Kong's rate uh, will continue rising because new cases did not start falling until about a week ago. So you wonder what's going to go on, to go on in the cold, frozen land there of of uh, Ukraine on top of all the destruction, the bombing of the hospitals and uh, all the death and, and chaos, it's there. Might the COVID 
you see, I've got some guys who are telling me, and these are people who are war correspondents. I, I said, I've got a couple of them who are telling me that, and they're embedded right in the middle of these hot places. Uh, we showed you some pictures here uh, that very soon there'll be a lot of famine and disease. And, and uh, because the systems have all broken down and, you know, if they break down there, then they have, and you transport two or 3 million people from there across the border to another country, then you infect that country. And um, that country has a border with another country and that country infects that country. So I, you know, this remains to be seen. The reason I'm back to reporting about COVID again, because I thought initially, if you may recall that when COVID began, I thought, well, it's just be a fleeting reporting and of course, I ended up reporting on it for a couple of years. And now I thought, well, I haven't, if you'll notice, I haven't had COVID uh, uh, on, on any of the talking points for the last couple of weeks. And now all of a sudden, because of the death and destruction and the possible invasion of Taiwan by Hong Kong um, and the skepticism of the Chinese government by those in Hong Kong uh, and the chaos, as I say, in Ukraine, uh, and the, the, the testimony by the correspondents who are communicating with me over these secure networks, uh, they are fully convinced that soon there will be famine, disease, pestilence, all the above. And the question will become whether or not we can contain it. Um, I'm always reminded of a situation, a game that we played uh, years ago in the Gainesville Leadership Program, sponsored by the city of Gainesville. Uh, Chamber of Commerce, which was one of the best things that Chamber did. It's called SimSoc, Simulation Society. And um, various leaders from various uh, walks of life in the community were invited to be in this SimSoc uh, uh, situation, simulation situation. SimSoc stands for Simulated Society. And you're broken up into classifications. Um, there is a, uh, a gold a group, uh, and you just are picked, you know, uh, it's as if God puts you there. And the gold is the very wealthy people. Um, the, the green are the middle class, upper middle class people. The blue, which I was, is the union guy, the working guys. And then the reds are the poor. And the way they did this is very dramatic. Uh, the uh, gold I got to occupy a, a, splush, a, a plush part of the uh, of the chamber building, uh, which uh, had leather chairs and a big table and nice windows. And then, of course, the green uh, got uh, a little bit lesser version of that office space to house their group. And the blue, we were in the boiler room. We actually sat on the floor in the boiler room. And when lunchtime came, our lunch was a brown bag lunch with peanut butter and jelly and some crackers. And uh, and then, of course, I didn't know what the red got. And I didn't know what the green got. I didn't know what the gold got. I'm calling these colors anyway. And people years after who were in these groups remember what they were. And um, uh, as a union representative, which I was in this play acting, um, there came a time when we had to borrow some money. And what I learned from being in that blue level was that if you're a union man or you're a skilled worker with hands, you live from paycheck to paycheck, okay? And so we got in a situation where we needed some money. They sent me out and I went up to the gold room, not knowing what to expect. And we were, and we did it over lunch and we just eaten a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. 
And I'll be darned if when I went up to the gold room, those people were sitting around the table enjoying steak and potatoes. I mean, what? And, you know, they had no more sensitivity to our needs than a, 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 a tick on a dog's back. I mean, it really, what are you, where are you from? You're, you're the union guy from the blue. What's the blues? You live where in the boiler room? And what do you need from us? I mean, it was amazing how much it really simulated society. Well, what I'm going to say to you is all three of us uh, ignored Red. Red didn't even have a room. They sat in the hallway. Uh, they, they got crackers. I mean, they didn't get much more. That was it. And we thought, well, so be it. That's the way it is. And right towards the end of the day, at the end of the game playing, uh, the, the organizers of the game come in and say, well, you all have uh, got a problem on your hands in your society. There is a plague that's broken out among the Reds, and it's going to affect you all, blues, greens, and yellows. And all of a sudden, it dawned on us that you just can't ignore the chaos and the, of, of, of the downtrodden. And here we are as a world right now, as a world. This is what gets me. You see, this is what gets me. As a world, we're sitting here watching the chaos of people who were orderly. I looked at the, you know, these images we just showed you. I feel like we ought to show them to you again in a minute. The images I just showed you are, you know, are like the images I saw of the cities of Ukraine before the Russians bombed. My God, they had handicapped parking spots. I mean, I said, boy, that's an organized society. There was no dirt on the road, on the sidewalks. They were orderly and clean. Uh, you know, you, you had hand, handicapped parking means that you've got a whole medical system. You've got a whole legal system. Uh, you've got a whole infrastructure system. You've got systems that are working, that are functioning. They're not bothering anybody. And all of a sudden you invade them. And you destroy them because you just don't think that they should be who they are. Just out of some arbitrary position that you take, that you dig back through history to find a justification for. And so you destroy the handicapped parking spots. You destroy the sidewalks. You destroy the buildings. Why? Because you want to revise history and come back and claim that your version takes superiority over somebody else's? And by the way, now you know how the South felt. The South was a separate nation. And the North invaded them. And that's why they fought. The, you watching the Ukraine people fight the Russians, that's the way the Southerners fought the Yankees. To the man, you'll have to kill me and drag me off my farm before I let you take my land, which the Yankees did. In order to defeat the South, they sent Sherman to burn Atlanta. You might as well call Sherman Putin. And then Sherman turned his troops loose and said, I'll meet you at the sea. And so they marched to Savannah. And the word goes, there was not a leaf left on a tree between Atlanta and Savannah. Enough even for a squirrel to eat. Because Sherman turned his troops loose and said, do what you want to. To those people, I'll meet you in Savannah. 
Why do you think the bitterness still exists? Why do you think you see these hell no, I ain't forgetting? You think that's going away? Well, you think this will go away? This invasion of Ukraine by Russia? This invasion by the Yankees of the South? You think that'll go away? No. You make up your own mind about that. It ain't going away. Now factor in the same thing. The South was so poor after the North ravaged and destroyed and burnt its crops, its grain, its assets, its cattle, using slavery as an issue when nobody gave a dang in the North about slavery, except some of the fringes. It's like using climate change now. So this is not a new song and dance. This is an ancient human right of violence. Humans never can get out of it. And now factor in the possibility that you have a reemergence of the COVID virus. Boy, that, that would really bring on the, fam the famine, would it not? And it would really, where are you going to get vaccinations from if you've got a broken down medical system? Huh? You're not going to get them. Hey, production, can we run those pictures again in that video? Okay, thank you. Okay. Okay. Can they hear me or I'm talking to you? Okay, good. Wait, I'm going to run these again because I want to see them again. Um, I'm not seeing them in real time, but I'm going to see them in a minute. There they are. The lights are burning. The lights are on. The snow is falling. Electrical grid system works. Flags are flying. Beautiful colors. Before and after the snow. Now comes what happened when the Russians hit. I really want to thank the correspondents for keeping in touch with us. Appreciate this. I want to pass it. Are we back live? Thank you very much, uh, production, for uh, sending that along to us. I just wanted to uh, thank our correspondents for keeping in touch with us and sending it back for you to take a look at from those actually in the very combat zone there. 
and as I say, we're communicating over an encrypted system. Uh, but those pictures, I think I can show you. Uh, you're not seeing anything there that you won't probably see maybe um, uh, later on over the uh, um, um, other networks, perhaps. Um, and as far as uh, I want to close out with one thing uh, here, a couple of minutes. Um, um, the White House and its news media allies, as you know, have uh, uh, been blaming Putin for driving up the cost of oil and gasoline. Um, they call it Putin's price hike. And uh, but the truth of the matter is from uh, Dan Everhart, who's a chief executive officer of Canary, it's an oil field drilling and production services. Um, uh, he told Joe Polak this on Joe Polak's show. I know Joe Polak. I have his cell. He, wor he works with us here on the Ward Scott Files some. Um, uh, you know, Biden has accused the energy companies of immoral profiteering. And uh, so Polak asked the, uh, uh, is the industry just sitting on leases and reaping big profits, as Biden is saying? And the uh, chief executive officer said that the industry is sitting on nothing. Uh, the leases are easy to get. What matters is the permits. And Biden will not permit anything uh, at all about drilling for our own energy. Um, so the industry is facing uh, problems. On top of that, they don't have enough labor. They can't buy pickup trucks. They can't even get the studs and the nuts and the bolts. Uh, the stuff from China is six weeks instead of three weeks. And so this whole threat thing toward China, you know, we could be cutting off our nose and spite our face because you take a look at everything you got in your house right now. It says made in China. Um, the uh, Furthermore, the Biden administration has a moratorium on drilling on federal land. They're not even allowing pipelines uh, to uh, that have already cleared the rules to continue. So. Biden is, uh, according to the CEO, uh, killing the energy industry death by a thousand cuts. Uh, there you are, my friends. I don't know where we're headed. Famine, pestilence, disease. Certainly, we're not insulated from that, even though you might like to think we are. Thanks for bearing with us on our little power outage. Uh, we'll wish you a good day. Warthog Command Center out.